Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the second edition of the new and improved Football and Grits. I am your host, David Ubbin, here with my co-host, Brody Miller, talking some SEC football. And Brody, we got to start. You were in the Superdome Sunday night. Uh, I was watching on my parents' couch in nice. Arkansas. <laughs> uh, what? what where were you for that, and and what was your what is that like watching that sort of situation in person in the Superdome? Yeah, because so first off, hello. Yeah, so much of that was just everything. That game felt like everything that possibly could go wrong for LSU did. I mean, you down to injuries, dumb penalties, just offensive line woes, special teams disasters. You're thinking like, in no world does LSU at least throughout the third quarter. You're just like, in no world does LSU deserve to win this game. Mm-hmm. So as they keep making it a one score game, there's almost a sense of laughter in the press box of just like what like this isn't really like this would be the most fraudulent win ever because in every way florida state deserved to win this game by multiple scores so then you know around that like four or five minute mark i mean you you do this every week too that thing of like do you go down to the field or not and i really was i was ready to and then like ross delger of si and i are just like i like i don't want to miss anything like because this is about to get really weird and that's exactly what happened i mean you can't it's hard to even articulate after the fact the way that that game seemed over four different times, or it seemed like it was headed a certain way so many different times where you have the big LSU stop with about you know, what four minutes left. And you're like, all right, they got a chance. And Malik neighbors, the ball just goes through his hands for the second time all night. So it's over done done. And the idea of a toss dive fumble at the one yard line, opening that game back up, it, it just spoke to the nonsense that seems to follow LSU around at every chance it possibly can. That's who they are. And then the guy who was criticized the most, probably unfairly all game, has a 99-minute touchdown drive, Jaden Daniels, to save the game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I haven't even mentioned the insane you know, out-of-bounds, inbounds thing that I am still not sure if that was done correctly. Like, I really don't. His knee was down, so in my head I'm thinking – they shouldn't get one free play. It should just be the clock starts at one second or two seconds, but they got a free play, got bailed out, score a touchdown. And obviously the extra point gets blocked. So I say all this to say, I come away from this game, like feeling two very similar, but separate things of one, this, you know, Brian Kelly is not have a magic wand. He is not going to be able to fix all this day one, because these problems felt like some of the problems the last two years the messiness the sloppiness just the mistakes on mistakes that's probably gonna take a bit you know i mean a lot of the guys making mistakes are like a true freshman tight end play on extra point because they don't have any other bodies stuff like that but still i mean eight months all this talk about things being changed and it's still that messy but on the other hand i have this reaction of like especially after re-watching it i don't think my big picture reaction on the lsu season changes that drastically because Mm -hmm. 
I think we when we talked last week, I even like put into the handicap, like I think they're going to lose one or two games they just absolutely shouldn't, and they're going to win one or two games they absolutely shouldn't. And I think this probably bakes into that. But man, that was just a I, I know I'm giving I'm all over the place here, but that is it was just a messy, messy night for a team that, you know, so much talk was about how that's going to change. And I think part of it is we still don't know how good Florida State is. I feel like Florida Absolutely. State was probably a mess coming in, but they looked pretty competent. Jordan Travis was dealing all night long. Jared Burst so, looked like the best player on the field. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I you know, if Florida State's pretty good, maybe we sitting here in late October thinking, eh, it wasn't that bad of a loss. But sitting here, I, the idea that Florida State, as currently constructed, could walk into the Superdome and beat LSU, even if it's an average LSU team, felt like a bit of a stretch coming Absolutely. into the, the weekend. But here we are. So, And you got to give credit to them. And I think like so much of what we do, right, is like trying to balance what we need to what feels real and what feels like it might what feels sustainable and what feels like, you know, something that happened in the moment. I think Florida State probably is pretty good. Not great, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like when you rewatch that game. How do you look at you know LSU? It's like the special team. They're not going to fumble two punts and have two field goals blocked again. That's fair to say. And as you rewatch that game, like Jane Daniels looked a lot better than I thought he did. Like in the moment, I'm like, man, that's a frustrating performance. He kind of saved them for much of that game. And then once they went to that up tempo, quick passing offense, and granted, some of that's Florida State being a little more conservative with the lead, sure, but Jane, that offense looked really sharp once they transitioned to that. And the defense was like played well on a down-to-down like success rate basis, but then lost because they just couldn't bring Jordan Travis down on third down. So I'm struggling right now to kind of like parse through like, is LSU a disaster or in a lot of down-to-down ways where they actually kind of decent, but they just made so many mistakes and do the mistakes get fixed? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I think LSU, I- I'm kind of with you. They didn't change a lot. I think mathematically yeah. when you lose a game like that, it makes you think, well, I thought you were probably a six to seven win team, so you're looking more like a five to six win team right now. But I think you're right. LSU's talented enough to steal one. Like if LSU beat A and M again, would you be shocked? Like no, not, not really. Right. Yeah. Like okay, like I think if LSU beat Georgia or Alabama, I'd be floored. But yes, anyone else, I think they yeah. can be. But that's the thing. Like I don't think they could lose to 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 Vandy if they played them. But I think they could lose to just about anybody. They could lose that Auburn, beat, no, just, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So LSU's pretty interesting. But uh, there's a tradition in college football, Brody. Yeah. And it happens every year. We finish week one and we think people forget college football teams are not static. They are the exact opposite. Uh, These are still 18 to 22, 23-year-olds. In some cases, 24-year-olds because of the COVID year now. But uh, teams vary a lot from week to week. And that leads to some overreactions coming off of week one, some some hot takes. Let's get into some of these that you might have. I'm sure our listeners had watching the games on Saturday. And we'll tell you how much that is, is fact or fiction. Brody, yeah. we got to talk Florida. Obviously, the story yes, of the week. we have the to SEC. start there. Florida can contend for the SEC East. Anthony Richardson, Heisman candidate. These are two things that I think uh, maybe not so much contending for the SEC East, but certainly yeah. now more of a contender where do you stand on the florida renaissance and the anthony richardson uh yeah comet through space currently is it like fair to say i'm buying the anthony richardson comet but also 
I don't know if I'm there yet with Florida being a real contender in the SEC East. I probably do have to tone that down a bit. I mean, I I will I have to at least admit, hey guys, Florida fans, like if you were bad, I was wrong a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you guys looked really impressive to me. I mean, you earned it. That was a really great, and I'm so high on Billy Napier that it's like I was high on him big picture, and for him to do that, credit to him. My theory, and I could be so so wrong on this, is like there's a little bit of Utah is a team that, again, we're talking about what's sustainable, what's not. Utah is a team that got where they are to some extent, right? And this might be ignorant. Overpowering Pac-12 teams, right? That is their thing. And again, Utah's good regardless. But maybe there's a little bit of Florida, you know, Utah's not going to have success against Florida because SEC teams are going to be equal to them to some extent, even the average ones in mm-hmm. the trenches, in all that. And that was a great game. That was an even game. Florida earned it. Anthony Richardson played his ass off. But I do wonder if Florida isn't going to be as, as successful against you know other SEC teams and things like that. Maybe it was a perfect matchup. I, I think I'm – listen, can, can Florida go toe-to-toe with Georgia? No. Yeah. But – Florida, I think, has now entered the conversation as the second best team in the SEC East, which is not something that I would have entertained a few days ago. Not um, no yeah. I, I thought Kentucky and Tennessee were clearly a step above Florida. Now, if you told me Florida was better than both of those teams, I, I think I would agree. And and Vegas does as well. Yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit, but I think I actually am buying Florida hard because of I love it. Uh coming into the season, it felt like okay. There's a, certainly the potential that Anthony Richardson is special. We've seen flashes. We haven't seen him really get the keys um, in a good situation. And he did look special. So you kind of thought, okay, well, he might carry them, you yeah. know, as far as as far as going to go. They're going to go as far as he can carry them. But I actually don't think that's true now because of what you said. Florida, I mean, uh, Utah does like to overpower. Yeah. Uh, and they can dominate Pac-12 teams. But they're still really physical, and I mm-hmm. thought one thing that that that's, that was my biggest detraction of Florida coming into the season was I don't think they can handle these teams on the lines. And for them to go toe-to-toe with Utah, who, you know, people can debate, but I still think Utah is one of the tougher teams in the country. For them to go toe-to-toe and win a lot of battles, I thought they'd get pushed around. That tells me... Florida's got a chance to be better than I think a lot of people uh, suspected coming into the season. You obviously have a game changer in Anthony Richardson at quarterback. But for me, that was my biggest takeaway is not so much like Anthony Richardson making good on a lot of this hype, but that Florida could compete and win battles up front against a really experienced, really physical team that wants to beat you up. And Florida said, no, that's not going to happen. We're going to contend. And that to me, Tells me that Florida, because again, it's the foundation of your team, the nuts and bolts, the the uh, I'm not a car guy. Is, is chassis the right word? I think chassis. So, maybe, your, yeah, let's, man, let's into see. It. Let's get our mechanic listeners to uh, correct me. But the chassis, if you will, of the car is solid. Yeah. And if you have that, that covers up so many other problems that you might have. Uh, you know, and and then again, when you have Anthony Richardson out here. Looking like Vince Young running around, uh, just uh, enraging Utah's defense because they can't get him on the turf. And then when he's getting open field, uh, he's just gliding. It's gliding is the right choice of word too. It yeah. is. It is. He is. I mean, I don't know how you can watch that and not think he's special. Yeah. And the ceiling for Florida, I think, got a lot higher on Saturday. 
And I think the floor got a lot higher. I thought there was definitely an opportunity for Florida in a very jumbled SEC to, you know, there's a world in which I thought they could win four or five games. I didn't think they would, but it wouldn't have shocked me. Now that feels impossible. Now the floor feels like six or seven. And the ceiling, I think, is probably 10. I don't know about 11, but uh, they can, they, this could be a really good Florida team. And I did do some research, Brody, Ooh, and I thought this was it. interesting. <laughs> In my SEC uh, sort of review thing I do on, on Mondays, Florida has started, first of all, Florida started the season unranked five times since 1991, which is incredible. That's incredible, yeah. Three of those five times came after firing a coach. And the Ooh. last two times it happened, they won 10 games after starting the season unranked. Ooh, that's so, a good stat. That's a it's, it's looking. Listen, the trend lines are are looking generally in that direction. So we'll see. Yeah, so I'm I mean, actually buying the Florida. I don't think unless you're unless you're buying tickets to uh, playoff games and and booking tickets to Atlanta right yeah. now. Other than that, I don't know that I can. I think people are overreacting on Florida. I'm I'm buying all of the Florida uh, hype because I I really thought Florida was going to get run off their home field. I think Utah is really good, and I didn't see anything from Utah on Saturday that made me think they're not close to a playoff caliber team. I think that's the right reaction in so many ways. Yeah, like as much as I'm like kind of poo pooing it. Yeah, I'm going. I'm a guy who thought they were going to go five and six. I totally think they're in that eight and four range now, which is a really, really good year considering what we all thought. Really good year with the first year coach. Exactly. Like I'm not at the level of I think they can win ten or anything like that. But they've elevated. They did prove me wrong in so many ways. And yeah, I am buying all in on the Anthony Richardson hype because one, the physical stuff is just wowing. I mean, it's like we like when we compare him to Cam Newton when the people have been doing we're not saying he's cam newton well some might be i hope not but that it's the only comp for that physicality mixed with arm strength like that's what what feels like a comp and my main question obviously was like the processing the can he run an offense he there's a reason he wasn't trusted last year he made mistakes and he looked sharper in that sense against one of the better defenses in the country so yeah i i'm with you i mean they they definitely have proved me wrong i'm buying the hype i just think it's like within reason yeah. mm-hmm yeah. Uh, we got to circle back to LSU for a second because coming Uh, into the season, you heard a lot of people saying, uh, maybe not explicitly this, but Hey, Jaden Daniels, Kayshawn Boutte, this could be uh, a Tom Hanks, uh, Rita Wilson type of marriage Sunday night, (laughs) Sunday night. Do people talk a lot about Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson all the time? It's a a common talking Sunday night. It looked a lot more like a Dennis Rodman, Carmen Electra type of marriage. Uh, it did. (laughs) It, it did. Yeah. It was not looking great. First of all, what do you make of the Boutte situation? I think the the Instagram stuff was definitely overblown. But simply put, what the heck, Brody? <laughs> what, what, no. what 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 was that? It's a thing. Yeah, I mean, as much as like, yeah, he's not going anywhere. That drama was over. Yeah, it's a thing. I mean, he was upset on the sideline. That was clearly visible. And you know, to your prompt of like, is this gonna end in divorce? Like. It's a weird marriage because Keishawn Booty is this explosive guy. You want making plays downfield and and you want kind of, I don't know, winning all these one-on-ones. But Jane Daniels as your quarterback isn't necessarily conducive to being that kind of offense. It's gonna, it's probably at its best gonna look a little closer to what we saw in that second half, right? 
quick passing game, you know, get the ball for those like six yard outs, let those receiver make plays. And by the way, Keishon Boutier might do a good job with that, but Mm -hmm. it's probably by default not going to highlight what Keishon wants to do right now and be this top draft pick, win all these awards, all that. That's not really a great marriage in that sense. And it's like, I don't want to overreact to it, but that that's realistic. You know, I mean, it's not like G Daniels can't throw a deep ball, but you know, I don't think he's going to be a guy like Joe Burrow or even what Garrett Nussmeyer can do of like, put a ball up in a beautiful spot in a one-on-one. They're not going to do that as much. Now, Daniels and Boozer are close. Like, they're actually really good friends. They went to California together. When you saw them kind of, like, talking on the sideline, you were just talking to people close to Boozer. I think that was more like Daniels being the guy, being like, hey, I'm going to calm him down right now. He's upset. So I don't think it's going to be, like, a relationship divorce, but it is strange. And you had Brian Kelly not afraid to flat out say, yeah, he needs to learn how to, like, let a game come to him. And, you know, like, yeah, he it's the great thing about covering Kelly so far is he just says the quiet part always. He's like, yeah, no, he was upset. Yeah. He needs to learn how to handle that. Like, and he was, so there's definitely a lot going on where Keishon Boutte needs to, there's some maturation still absolutely going on there. He needs to grow up a little bit in those situations, learn how to let a game come to him and understand the context of the game. Understand Jaden Daniels was, had no time in the pocket, you know, like what are you asking him to do? So I think it's fair to question if that's a long-term marriage, but like, I don't know if it's going to be like some up in flames thing. How much of that is on Den Brocker Kelly? Of yeah. Not finding ways to get him the ball early, get him involved. When you see this happening, it doesn't always have to be the 40 yard ball down, down the field. Just get him the ball in space. Let your playmaker do some things. I mean, certainly that's where he, ex- or he exceed or excels down the field. But when you see him sort of on tilt like that, how much of that is on the coaches to say, Hey, we can't let that happen again. We got to get him involved early and then see what happens. Definitely. Definitely. To some extent, you know, and I think you saw in the second half, you know, that third, that first third quarter was it fourth quarter. Jeez catch. They, they, they did something they hadn't done all game, kind of used him in motion, all that thing Mm -hmm. where you kind of put him out in the flat. They clearly were like, guys, you gotta do something here. But yeah, I do think some blame falls there, you know, and on the like third pass of the game, they did attack him deep on that ball in the end zone. They, Almost caught tight one-on-one, got dropped. So they did try, got two targets in the first quarter. But yeah, I do think you have to scheme your best players open to some extent, not just take what's given to you. So I'm with you. It's a little bit on that. Mm -hmm. Brody, we've been talking, I think a lot of the conversation around the SEC this year is obviously Alabama and Georgia are next level. Below them, I think you I think you dropped the the take last week on the show that nobody else in the SEC was going to win more than eight games. But there was a lot of just meaning more all weekend <laughs> across the league. 13 and one, 10 and two against the spread against FBS teams. After the SEC's hot start, a down year, I don't think so, is the hot take that we are, are discussing. Do you buy that the league is, is going to be better than a lot of people thought it might be, at least the second class of the league after Ooh. week one. Yeah, I want to throw this back to you too, because I'm curious your thought first. But like I think I'm very high the SEC is really good. And that is why I have that. I don't think my take actually I think I feel more confident in that take. That's gonna be a ton of teams hanging in that eight win zone, you know, mm-hmm. because I think Arkansas, like, you know, there's no gimmies. I mean, what Vandy Auburn's treated as a gimme, but we both know they're not a gimme in any world. Like, yeah, there's not Mizzou's down, sure, but there's not gimme. So I think it's going to be a thing where, yeah, I think the, the SEC is really good. I still don't know, and I know we're going to get to this, but I still don't know if there's like a third team that's going to be in the playoff convo or a third team that's going to win 10 11. I don't know about that, but I think the SEC is elite and as good as ever. Where do you? Yeah. 
we didn't see AM flex, but I still uh, like that roster quite a bit. Uh, I think Florida has changed that conversation a little bit, as we Absolutely. mentioned before. Uh, I- I'm kind of with you. I don't know that anybody else is going to be world beaters, but there's a bunch of teams yep. in that second class that I think could escalate and could flirt with 10, 11 wins. It's definitely possible. Um, so it's a matter of the sort Kentucky of, schedule thing. Yeah. Yes. Like absolutely. a matter of climbing up that ladder and catching some breaks. Reality is there's going to be a ton of close games. Uh, and if you can catch some breaks, uh, I think you can, you can have a big year looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you looked across the league, though, did anybody set off a fraud alert for you? Did you see anybody that was sluggish against an overmatched opponent that you think... It's not, well, because, well, they were just vanilla or they were just up. They were looking ahead that they actually, this team might not be as good as we think. Anybody, anybody set off the alarm bells for you? I think the only one even slightly, but it's probably because they were vanilla would be A&M. Just, you know, they're playing Sam Houston State. They're not really like doing much, but still it didn't look convincing. Haynes King throws two interceptions. By the way, also did some other fantastic stuff. Run Mm -hmm. game, like. Vanilla or not, when you're when you're you know you're averaging like three yards per carry on the ground against Sam Houston State, not a great sign. Things like that. Again, I want to overreact to it because I am the biggest believer that like especially Jimbo Fisher, a lot of history shows like he just goes vanilla, vanilla in those games. But considering I already I like A and M a lot, and we're going to talk about them more in a moment. But like I think they're still probably their best team, but I don't think they're 10 win. You know, I don't think they're the sixth best team in the country. So I think that's the closest thing I have to a slight fraud alert. What about you? Can Kentucky stop playing with its food, please? Like they, this is a, this is a, a frequent thing and I don't quite understand it. Um, They don't, you know, Kentucky's not going to walk in and just drop 50 on teams all the time. Like we see some teams do, but you know, Miami of Ohio is a decent Mac team, but Kentucky it did not look sharp. They they nope. they got hot in the third quarter. Uh, Barry and Brown returned the. Uh, by the way, that's one guy that really uh, he can fly. Yeah. Uh, incredible uh, play from him um, to start the, the the second half. They got hot in the second half. Um, Tavion Robinson, the Virginia Tech transfer, really promising. Just Kentucky got to be sharper. Uh, they seem <laughs> to do this. We saw this. We saw this last year with Chattanooga. They're messing around. Yeah. Just. Kentucky, we saw that enough last year that I don't know that it means a ton, but um, it's not great. And then I think there's a lot of varying opinions of how good or bad South Carolina is this year. Yeah. And Georgia State, you know, I did appreciate Shane Beamer going on the mic in post game <laughs> on TV and throwing some shade at Auburn and Tennessee because he said, yeah. uh, hey, we feel pretty good. And uh, there's some, other some what about going on there. God. <laughs> yeah. 
folks that the 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 Auburn and Tennessee people did not take kindly to those comments. Uh, however, true hey, Georgia maybe, State's not a bad football team. They're though. not. That's all I'm going to say. I like. I'm probably. Go- I love them plus like nine or ten against UNC <laughs> this weekend. I'm just saying. Yeah. So but, I, I I I South Carolina that didn't look like a South Carolina team that is going to be a lot better than people think. Uh, I think yeah. they they seem. Yeah, we'll see. They're just sluggish. Um, so I, I'm not ringing any alarm bells, but I did not like what I saw out of Kentucky. Did not like what I saw out of South Carolina in those ball games. But time will tell. So, and we and we could probably use this to talk about Kentucky, Florida, which I don't know about you. That's probably the game I'm most excited about. Absolutely. But it's like Kentucky, and I'm really you've covered football longer than I. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. I'm a believer that like. I mean, I'm with you that they didn't look convincing. They got like, you should look better than that against Miami, Ohio. But I'm a believer there's like two different kinds of really good football teams. There's your play by play, just like, you know, your models teams. Ohio State, I feel like is the great example. This or Bama, mm-hmm. where it's like play by play. They are just better than everybody. And they're going to, you know, you want to see their success rate metrics and they're off the charts. But then they're also your kind of good teams. And I'm blanking on great examples of this, but the teams that can that can mangle the game into what they want it to be, who control a game and dictate it and, you know, can play and can control a better team and all that. And I feel like Kentucky most years, that's who they are. You know, they're never going to be the 49-7 play-by-play route you team, but they're the team when they're playing Georgia they're just going to make life hell. And, and that's where I'm at with Kentucky. And I'm, the antenna is up after last week. Don't get me wrong. But I think that's why as we get to this Florida game, I think I still – and we I know it's like I'm probably sticking too hard to my original Florida take that they're not that great. But, one, it feels like the perfect spot, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. high on Florida. Zig is, is Kentucky's a four-and-a-half yeah. dog right now. But, two, it's just like I like sustainability. I like that Kentucky's a little deeper, better run, you know. I I love both quarterbacks, but I probably trust Will Levis a smidge more. I, I I think I really like Kentucky here, especially getting those points. But that's not necessarily what we're debating. I think Kentucky pulls this win out. But where are you at? Well, I Kentucky, I think is going to be a really trendy upset pick. Uh, I I, I think Ooh, ultimately, the, the one thing that I think I keep coming back to, uh, is is a couple things. One. If this was in if this is in Lexington, I, I think I would definitely take Kentucky. Um, but going into the swamp will be tough. Now, the, the two things that I would come back to on the Kentucky thing is there's still this idea that, oh, well, Florida still owns Kentucky. Uh, they can't beat them because <laughs> because you still had uh, I'm looking at now from a I believe it was from 87 to 2017. Yeah. A 30 game win streak. Well, since then, guess what? <laughs> Kentucky's two and two against Florida. Yeah. Uh, Who are you lately? Yeah, including a win in Gainesville, <laughs> by the way, uh, in eighteen. Now, yes, Florida's had the some Dan up Mullen and downs. debut, or not debut? Uh, but yes, like that would have been Dan Mullen's first year. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I forget which one of those games was the. I believe it was a seventeen game, right? Was the we left a guy totally uncovered in the end zone? <laughs> I believe Ooh, that I'm was a seven, that one. Yeah. I think that was a seventeen game. Either way, I don't buy that this Kentucky just can't beat Florida. So I. I Listen, Kentucky, I'm with you. They have a, a better structure. Uh, they've been doing this a while. I think they're going to be still better on the lines. This will be a yep. huge test for Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it'll be a, a good test for the Florida conversation. But it, it's it's crazy that we're in week two. And we already have this huge intersectional game that's going to decide a lot about these two teams because true. you know we're recording this uh, Tuesday morning. I think by the time this will post, the polls will be out. I would not be surprised if Florida 
is knocking on the door of the top 10. Yeah. Right now, like uh, 12, like 13, that, that 12, 13 yeah. 15. I think they're probably going to be around there. We'll see. Um, but because if Florida goes and wins this ball game, the the hype train will be completely full speed ahead for, yep. for because I don't think I will be on this leave. podcast just like eating crow and, <laughs> and I will be the first to say like I will I will be buying at that point I will yeah I'm I, so I, wrong I, yeah. I'm it's it's hard because I do think Florida's really good but I also don't, I think Kentucky's really good yeah. uh, this is gonna be a really tight game it's gonna be one of those games that that it can go a number of ways and so if Florida does win this game. I think it does say a lot about Florida, but I don't think it says that much about Kentucky. And if Kentucky wins, depending on how uh, emphatic it is, I mean, if Kentucky just, you know, runs them out of their own home and, and goes, what, 31-10 or, you know, 31-17, okay, then I think certainly the Florida stuff is over is overstated. But I think this Florida conversation we're having now and that a lot of the sport is having, if Kentucky goes into the swamp and wins mm-hmm. on a last-second field goal or something, I don't think that means, oh, Florida's a fraud. People overrated them. It's just, hey, no, Kentucky's actually really good, and uh, it's fine. So that I'm really excited about that game. Again, uh, a lot of NFL folks can be watching that game because you have Will Levis, you have Anthony Richardson, two of uh, Dane Brugler's top five quarterbacks on the board coming into the season, by the way. And I have to assume that Anthony Richardson uh, only helped his stock, uh, which is crazy (sighs) that we're talking about a guy's stock after, I believe, his first career start. But you can't deny the tools. The tools are there. We'll see what he has to offer. But that's going to be an incredible, incredible game uh, in the swamp. Uh, I that's certainly the number one game that I am looking forward to. Primetime, uh, ESPN should be a great one, and I think it will, will help sort out this next conversation we need to have, Brody. Yeah. I was on Fine Bomb yesterday, and they were asking me, you know, who is the third best team in the league. And I think it's a it's an interesting conversation because as I see it, there are six teams with a claim to that spot yes. as we as we sit. We need to go through these and you tell me the percent or oh, we'll discuss the percent chance that that team is sitting at the third highest ranked team in the in the uh, CFP poll at the end of the season. Now, I guess we should start with Florida and Kentucky. What are the odds that Florida's sitting there? Come December, I'm gonna say under ten percent. Yeah, but I mean, still, you know, my possible. Yeah, probably yeah. Like four or five. Yeah, somewhere in there. Kentucky, I'm gonna say fifteen to twenty percent, maybe something along those lines. Ooh, yeah, I'm in that same realm. I'm, I love Kentucky this year. I think I'll go thirty percent. Yeah, I like thirty. Okay, so you're on Kentucky. Here's my here's my pick. I, I'm still sticking with the Aggies for a couple reasons. Yeah. Well, I say a couple reasons. I'm going to say four years of reasons because the 24 seven talent composite dropped last week, uh, which oh, is yeah. essentially just because recruiting rankings will lie to you because of the transfer portal. 24 yep. seven sports is a good job of tracking the portal and figure out, okay, what is the actual talent that you have on your team right now? Uh, not what you recruited, not your four-year recruiting average. What do you have actually right now? And if you look at uh, where A&M stands, they dropped this five days ago, and A&M is sitting very pretty at number four. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, the only teams better. And if you look at last week, if you take that top 25, only two teams 
lost to teams with less talent than them. And one of them you cover, LSU. Yeah. The other, of course, do you know who the other was, Brody? Spoiler alert, it's hilarious. Wait, Texas? No. Uh, teams that lost so far this season. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, lost this season. Oh my god. To a team with less talent than them in the top 20. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about like big picture. Um no. I'm blanking who? Nebraska. <laughs> uh, what Which, first idea? of all, the fact that Nebraska is sitting at 24, I was surprised that they were that high in the talent composite. If you would ask me, I would have said 35 to 40 range. Yeah, that is a little surprising. Uh, but they are 24th in the talent composite and lost to Northwestern, who ranks 46th, which is not great. Yeah, I would love to see that same thing of Northwestern all time against like more talented <laughs> composite teams. Yeah, cause... that's another team that can ugly it up. If they don't get blown off the field, they're a team yes. you don't want to see in a tight game late. Yeah. But the Aggies sitting there at number four, if you look around at the rest of the SEC, LSU is sitting there at number eight, but for their variety of reasons, I don't really believe in them. No. Uh, Florida, again, rebooting a really talented team, but they're sitting at number 12. And then you have to go all the way down to Auburn at 18, Tennessee at 19, South Carolina at 20. Give me the Aggies again. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if this is a disappointing year for them and they have to sit there and settle for eight and four again, but you have that much talent. And I just think it's going to be hard for a lot of teams to beat. Now the offense has to be better. They need Haynes, Haynes King to be good. We haven't seen a ton out of him yet. Uh, he threw a couple of picks uh, against Sam Houston state game that they were a little sluggish, but again, you have a weird four hour halftime that they had to deal with. Yeah. And it just puts some weird energy in games. I, and I do think that's a situation for AM, who's got Appalachian State and then Miami, two teams that are like both probably underrated coming into the season. Uh, fun schedule. Man. I know. AM, by the way, 17 point favorite this week against Appalachian State. That feels like a big number for AM. AM is going to need to score, but you're going to need to score to beat both of those teams. So AM is going to tell us a lot about them pretty early on. But again, when you have that much talent, give me the wow. Aggies. I, I, I'm not as. I'm not as much of a stars matter devotee as our friend Ari yeah. Wasserman is, but it's but still day, a lot. Yeah. At the end of the day, stars matter. And that's, yes. a, that's a big gap. Uh, and so give me the Aggies. Uh, how, how, how much do you, I want to say the Aggies sitting there. I'm going to say a little under 50%, 40 to 50% for the Aggies. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm agreeing with you all. Cause Okay, I'm actually going to change my numbers because I'm trying to add up to 100 now in my head. I'm like that. <laughs> well, we're I'm ballparking it. So no, I'm, this uh, is important <laughs> to me. This is how my brain works, man. I'm going to say 25% for Kentucky. But um, yeah, I think AM, as much as I have questions, as much as I'm like, I don't love them, that's more about me thinking I don't think they're going to be a playoff contender. That's more mm -hmm. about me thinking they're not going to be a top 16 when it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. But I think I put it at 50% of the third best team because of everything you're saying that I'm not going to over repeat, but it's like the overwhelming talent. And as much as Jimbo's frustrating, there's a trust level there that he is going to, for the most part, probably trust him a little more than everyone else on this list to get to a certain mm -hmm. point. And yeah, it's like, I don't think they're going to be special. I think that even if like, even if my, my, my bold, no one finishes more than eight wins prediction comes true. I'll still probably think a and is the third best team in yeah. like the best of those eight and four. So yeah, I think, I think I put it at 50% when I think of it. Cause it's like, as much as I'm riding this Kentucky thing, or I love Arkansas and all this stuff. I don't think there's like some massive upside where I'm talking about them as this elite team while like, yeah, there's plenty of chances that happens for AM. So I'll say And I, I also think AM's floor is really high. Their floor feels like eight wins. There, yeah, there's I would be like 
Yeah, they're not losing more than five. There's no scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to play some prices right as we talk about the Vols because wait, wait real quick though, I got to jump in here because you'll enjoy yes. this. You know, I I, I have some uh, Action Network has some great betting data stuff out there. Oh, because we're talking about the AM game, and I'm, cause I I didn't realize they were playing App State. They got a snow couple. Me, yes. that was an awesome game. Sixty six percent of bets, like the actual literal bets, are on AM. About right. 74% of the actual dollars are on App State. That is an off the charts differential. Like that Give is like App State, man. Yeah, I, man. I, Aggies are, are just not going to run them off the, the big money is, is on App State. That is mm-hmm. oh man, I love that. Thank you for pointing that out to me. That is this is a sneaky <laughs> awesome weekend because it's like to your point like a lot of we'll figure it out games. You know, not the mm-hmm. juiciest like man, you know, there's no Georgia, you know, or Oregon off the top of my head or whatever. Ohio State, Notre Dame, but yeah, like your South Carolina, Arkansas, your a bunch of these tech- games that'll that'll reveal a lot. It'll reveal a ton. I'm all in. Yeah, continue. Mm-hmm. I gotta play some prices right because yeah. whatever we put for Kentucky, I we landed on ten to fifteen percent. Yeah, give me that plus one for Tennessee. <laughs> They're very similar, but I just think it's, Tennessee's a slight notch better than them this year, uh, just a little bit. And Tennessee again, it's Ball State. Uh, they were really impressive because uh, Ball State, we'll, we'll see what they offer, but this is still a team that was uh, oh, has yeah. gone 13 and 7 the last two years. A pretty good back team. And Tennessee made them look like an FCS team. I mean, you're sitting there 38 nothing at halftime, just an absolute uh, bloodbath. And that was not something I thought, I didn't think Ball State was going to uh, make it competitive, but I thought they could be, they could hang around a little bit, not 38 nothing at halftime. So I, I keep coming back to listen. Nobody's going to hang their hat on a win over Ball State. But if you're a great team and you play an okay team or a decent team and you blow them out, traditionally, that's a pretty good indicator of how good you are. I kind of look at – the way I've always looked at college football seasons is like a mosaic. And Mm. week one, your nose is pressed up against it and you're looking really close. And you're like, well, I don't know what the full picture looks like, but – uh, I see this and sometimes you can overreact to little parts. And by the end of the season, when you're zoomed out, everything kind of makes sense. And we mm-hmm. see these games that shock us in the moment. And then you get to the end and you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's probably what should have happened. And there's yeah. usually like a handful of results that don't make sense. But anytime, this is why, as I've covered the sport more and more, when I see these sort of shocking upsets or whatever, some like, you know, especially the Florida thing, I usually yeah. think, well, no, I, I usually that team's just that good. And I watched a, a good chunk of that game, and I didn't see a Utah team that, that didn't look good. They looked really good, but Florida just looked as good. So when you, it's easy to just sort of say, well, it's just Ball State. But when you dominate a team like that, I, I still like the Vols. We're going to learn a lot about them at Pitt. I kind of call my shot on this. I think Pitt's a little bit overrated. I think Tennessee wins that nice. game big. Uh, I don't think West Virginia's that good, uh, and Pitt had a heck of a time surviving them. And you know, we can do the whole throw the records out the window, all that stuff. I don't actually think that's as true as people think it is. No. Um, look out for Pitt. Because I also think, too, coming off of a game like that, you're, you're, all your offseason buildup is to playing West Virginia. That's such an emotional game. I don't think people realize how much those two teams hate each other. And that was a very physical, emotional game. And even with some extra rest, you know, Tennessee, This I think Tennessee's pretty hungry. They let Pitt get away a year ago. Uh, I think we could we could see some big stuff from the balls this weekend, but give me Tennessee as like 16, 17 ish percent. Yeah. And then uh, I don't, I think for the next Arkansas, I, I, 
you know, I'm going to say somewhere just below Florida, probably maybe two or three percent that they're sitting there at number three. I just think the schedule is yeah. so tough. They still have a trip to BYU outside of playing in the SEC. <laughs> you still have all that Jeez. stuff you got to do. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you making of, of either the Vols or Arkansas? Do you see a, a lot of promise there? I think it's. I'm probably going to hang in a somewhat similar percentage point, you know, maybe like 13 for, for me with, with Tennessee, but not because I like them as much as you, but because there's that's probably the one team in this group where there's a scenario where they're awesome. Like well, there's a scenario where Tennessee is one of the best offenses yeah, in college football. I think football. that's true. But I also think there's a lot of scenarios where I'm like, they really regress. They go to like back to seven and five or something. And, you know, it's a little more like, so I think they're a little more of a, I'm not that high on them, but there's I love the upside. But here's the thing with the Ball State thing, and I'm with you. Ball State's not bad, but isn't Tennessee the kind of team the way they're constructed that are meant to just route worse teams? It's you true. know, like well, it's I'm, the Baylor, it's the Baylor system in that's general. A great comp, um, yeah. because the one thing that the the Baylor system does is when you have better athletes, you can put up 60, 70 yeah. points if you really want to. I think that's definitely true. So but I I'm think not... the thing that the thing that stands out to me though is that zero on the scoreboard. We needed to see defensive improvement. Yes. They didn't have a lot of busts. They controlled the line of scrimmage. Ball State, you've heard, I've seen Tennessee fans freaking out about, oh, we didn't have any sacks. We didn't pressure the quarterback. Did these people watch the game? Yeah. Like, Tennessee absolutely demolished uh, them up front. They were having to play call around the fact that they knew they couldn't block anything. Um, so, I, you know, it'll be a tougher test. We'll see. Um, but I think for Tennessee – the offense is going to be what the offense is. I think it'll be a slightly better version of last year's mm-hmm. offense. But the defense, that will be the test. And I think Pitt will stress them a little bit. And yeah. I think if you can hold Pitt to under 20, you got a chance to really do some stuff. But and if Pitt's hanging 30-35, I think Tennessee can still win that. But then, then you've got some questions because Pitt's not going to be anything close to the best offense you see this year. No, and especially because like Pitt's going to... Pitt is. I know last year we all have our last year vision of our head, but Mark Whipple's gone at Pitt. You know yes. they're more. They are now back in the Narduzzi mold of I want to wrangle this game to my terms. That is what they're yeah. going to run the ball more. We saw that last week. It's like not that you're asking this, but like that's like an ultimate stay away for me because I think in a vacuum I love the Pitt plus seven at home and all that, but at the same time it's like to your point coming off the backyard brawl that yes. just feels like an emotional letdown. So that's a stay away for me. But like I am definitely not as high on you as Pitt on Pitt, but I get where you're coming from. And with Arkansas, I think we're on the exact same thing. I love this Arkansas team. I think they're, they're going to be the ultimate take care of business team, but maybe not like climb up and grab teams team because when you have a run game like that like i think they take care of business against south carolina this week yeah. you know their team you can trust probably not a team that's going to climb up my list so yeah probably in that like eight percent zone for me some ten percent yeah the arkansas the arkansas thing is interesting because they have now occupied this space that i think arkansas fans absolutely love of just Perfect. like one of the toughest teams in the league we're like okay maybe they're not going to win 10 games but everybody hates playing them now you know who they are right <laughs> they're Dan Mullen, Mississippi State. Yes, that's a good comparison. That's yeah. that's what they are now. They're the team. Of like nobody like... can, nobody is gonna storm the field and and hang their hat on beating Arkansas, but nobody wants to play them. It's nobody so wants true. to play them. They are yeah. just a headache for you. And KJ Jefferson is gonna leave your your your, your linebackers bruised up Ooh. and tired, and he's a load. And uh, he's got some some work to do as a passer. He didn't play great against Cincinnati. Uh, but defensively, they're really experienced. They got to grow uh, up front a little bit, uh, but their linebackers are really good. And uh, they, they got to work. The corners are not fantastic. We'll see. I think they can give yeah. some problems. But, I have a uh, question for you. Yes. 
Because you were there, obviously. You didn't, I did. I covered Arkansas Cincinnati this weekend. Mm-hmm. I came away from that game kind of being like, I still I love Arkansas. You know that. But like mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of Cincinnati shooting themselves in, in the foot throughout that game. Mm-hmm. And Brian didn't look like a guy who's really testing anybody in a major way. And that's yeah. not a diss on Arkansas. They did their job. He missed but, a lot of throws. They, I, yeah, mean, that, there's yeah. a, I mean, I think if, if Desmond Ritter, if you if all things are equal and you replace Ben Bryant for Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati probably wins that game by a touchdown. Yeah. So what do you make of, like, do you think, and this is probably a really tough question to answer after one game, but, you know, they're playing Spencer Rattler. That's a guy who at the very least can, like, do some dynamic things to make life mm-hmm. hard for you. Do you, where are you at with the questions about Arkansas's defense? Do you feel like it's a stable group or are you still in, like, wait and see mode? What? Well, it, it comes down to how well can you hide your deficiencies because mm-hmm. they're not yeah. good at corner. Their corners were getting run by a pretty average group of Cincinnati receivers. Their corners had a lot of trouble covering. Um their defensive front had a pretty good day. Uh, I think yeah. they're really smart at linebacker. They're gonna they tackled. They had some really sure tackling. But how well can you hide your corners? Because Arkansas has issues there. Uh, I don't think there's a lot. There's not a lot of talent there that I saw that really excited me. Uh, so that's what I think their defense comes down to. Because I think they can be okay up front defensively. Obviously, really strong um, at the linebacker spot. Drew Sanders had a nice day. Bumper pool is bumper pool. They're going to be really smart, really uh, sure at linebacker. Uh, and then, of course, the question, too, they had no answer for what happened to Jalen Catalan. Uh, Sam yeah. Pittman had no update there. That's, I mean, that's your best defensive player by far. And when he's saying, well, we don't know if he's going to be there. Uh, that's, that's a problem. Uh, he seemed like Miles Slusher was okay after uh, he, he looked like he, you know, had some sort of head injury or something. He was not looking great. Uh, but Catalan, it was something about body, maybe a shoulder or something like that. But he, they really didn't have an update on him. So we'll see uh, what happened there. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now I gotta go with my sleeper. Yeah, we're both. This is our guy. This is our guys this year. Listen, Mississippi State was absolutely wrecking Memphis. Uh, yeah. That that game. This is a, a another case of the final score lying because yeah. Clemson. That final score lies to you. Uh, from from uh, Monday night's game. This game was not this close. No. Uh, I think it was twenty eight three, like late in the third quarter. I mean, this was absolute uh, wrecking ball Mississippi State stuff. Uh, Watch out for the Bulldogs. Even still, listen, Memphis is not a great team, but they're still no. a top third team in the American, probably. And they and Mississippi State just ran them off the field. Uh, so I'm going to go Mississippi State that like 10 to 15 percent range. Uh, if they're hanging out up there, listen, you heard it here first. All the pieces are there. I think people just discount. For one, you haven't seen the air raid really frustrate defenses through the first couple years, like really good defenses. And it's not like Mississippi State's going to go toe to toe with Georgia and leave Georgia 
you know, everybody's pointing fingers in the secondary and freaking out. But when you have an experienced quarterback and you have experienced receivers that know how to make those reads and make this very simple system very difficult to stop, experience is the biggest thing in the air raid because it's all about making reads, yeah. reading the defense after the snap, figuring out where you need to go. And it can really, really drive uh, defenses crazy. And they have all that experience. And then defensively, similar thing. You got the 3 3 5. Yeah. You have Zach a really good so defensive good. front, really good defensive front. Like all the pieces are there for Mississippi State to do some real damage, and they looked really good in Week One. I was I was proud of the boys uh, for getting it done after we spent last week hyping them. I was like, if you come out against Memphis and all of a sudden you got to have some you know miraculous uh, run late to to get that, especially after the way the Memphis game ended last year with the Calvin Austin uh, weird punt return uh, controversy, I think they were a little hungry. So look out for yeah. Mississippi State as that third best team. Yeah. Uh, People don't see people seem very against this take, like it's crazy. And I'm like, watch them. Yeah, watch it's them. People who don't watch. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's genuinely most arguments we get into, right? <laughs> and it's like, I love, especially this is perfect for this exercise, right? They're a team that both gives you reliability and the experience and the depth, all that stuff, mixed with upside, mixed with mm-hmm. this air raid, exciting offense. I probably, even though I was high on them with you this year, like really high on them. I still, my one question was like, I don't know if I'm buying the Will Rogers hype is like some people are like, there was some games where he really kind of, I wasn't into it. And I'm like, wasn't quite sure. I wasn't really buying it. He really impressed me Saturday. I mean, like you said, Memphis isn't great, but they are a tough week one kind of tricky game. So I, you mix that upside with that reliability. I think they're my third highest like chance mm-hmm. to be the third best team. Like after, after Kentucky, I think I put them in like, 20% or something. My math is now completely wrong. So <laughs> I give, I gave up, but, well, I but yeah, like, no, I really no, people, like him. You can't man. make, you can't make Will Rogers into what he's not like. He has like, yeah, people want to look at the numbers and just call him fraudulent. It's like, okay, I don't really care about the numbers. Like we, this is what year 20 something of the air raid being a mate. Like I just don't care about the numbers. Ultimately, how well can he read and how well can he divvy the ball up to the guy that needs to get the ball? And Will Rogers does that really well. Does Will Rogers, have the arm talent of Will Levis or Anderson. No, but like, again, people can say, well, you know, what did he throw for last year? 4,700 yards or something like that. People, yeah. Well, he's not actually doing that. It's like, no, like, yeah, he is. Like, he, he's not, <laughs> not really an NFL prospect, but like, that's still a lot of yards. Uh, and they are, and they're only going to get better. Uh, I think this year. So we shall see. And you, you talk about separation, uh, you know, and, and teams telling us who they are in, in week two. We got some big ones. Uh, I guess we need to we need to get Texas Alabama out of the way. Do you buy yeah, any in- touched on it? Do you buy any intrigue into this game? I find this game really uninteresting. It's big brands, <laughs> but I, I know think we host the SEC be... pod, and we should be like, very, think... you know, I'm with you though. Yeah, I just I'm think not... this is going to be really embarrassing for Texas. I'm sorry. I just like Alabama. I think is going to absolutely break Quinn Ewers. Yeah. I don't know that Texas is going to hit double digits or or even you know sniff twenty points, and I think Bama is going to make have their way with them up front, just control the whole game. This feels like a forty-one thirteen type of game. Yeah. I just I I don't I don't see a lot of intrigue in this. I don't see a path in which Texas makes this even competitive. Yeah, that's probably the right way to view it. Like it's not just the like. It's not that it's an interesting game. I just don't see the path they win, you know, and that yeah. makes it kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's like I know it's like, man, Texas joining the SEC, Bama. This is like what we should be psyched about. And maybe this is us being too much of college football nerds that we are like more psyched about like the 26th team playing the 30th team, you know, like, <laughs> but 
yeah, I, I am not sucked into this game. I mean, it's the noon slot, so I'm going to watch it pretty closely. But like, especially, you know, like talking spreads and stuff, 21, 20, it's like, that's tempting. But at the end of the day, I just think they like, they make life hell for Quinn Ewers. I'm with you. Yeah. So I'm really just not that into this game. I think it's going to be actually boring. I think there's like a lot of people are like, man, Ewers versus Bryce going to be fun. I actually it? think it's, I think it's going <laughs> to yeah. be actually like Bama just kind of like slowly kills them to death because they're not that worried about them. I, I was actually very sad because I was, uh, uh, pursuing a story idea i wanted to talk to colt mccoy about the 09 game yeah two things one how he kind of views that experience um you know what has it been 12 years later of just like the concept of you play the biggest game of your life and you only get to participate in like less than a quarter of it and then two how does he feel about the idea that you know, there's always been this this idea for Texas fans that's persisted for a decade of, yeah. well, if we had Colt, we would have won that game. It's an interesting question. I don't know that it has a definitive answer. I think I buy it. Um, I, I just, I was sad that I wanted to talk to him about it. So I reached out to the Cardinals and he had some similar requests and basically Colt is not going to talk about it. So you're not going to see, I don't Ooh. think him on, you know, game he's probably day or, on the record being like, yeah, man. Garrett Gilbert's trash. <laughs> well, it's not that it's, a, it's not that about a Garrett Gilbert being trash, but it's just like no. But I think that's yeah. probably where but his I think mind he, is. Yeah. Does he? Yeah, but like, yeah. does he buy into the idea of like, oh man, we would have won a national championship if I yeah. hadn't you know messed up my shoulder? Um, you know, I think it was like a stinger, courtesy of uh, who was it that hit him? Mm-hmm. He's a really good player. I lost. I a forgot. Great it. Trivia question. I remember the name. I can't remember who hit him. Uh, anyway, but the um, uh. Uh, not Terrence Cody. <laughs> this yeah. is driving me crazy. Anyway, I'm sure our listeners. You keep will talking. Help us I'm out. gonna Google this. It's a it's a big name. It's like one of the great early Alabama uh, defensive linemen. It's anyway. So I was very sad because I, I just was, was it Darius. Football. I think it was Marcel. Darius. Yeah, Marcel Darius. Yep, yes, that's it. Was it. Marcel yeah. Darius. Yep. So uh, who also I believe scored a touchdown in that game, if I'm not mistaken, off of one so, of the yeah. Garrett off of Garrett or Garrett Gilbert uh, sack fumble late. Anyway. As a college football fan, I just wanted to hear what Cole had to say about that game, you know, a, a decade later, uh, because it's interesting. But uh, we were not going to be doing that story. I was very sad. But uh, that's more interesting to me than this actual game. So, yeah. On the flip side, though, South Carolina is a team that inspires a lot of skepticism as well. A lot of people are uh, not into it, uh, not into the South Carolina stuff. They can win this game. If they if they, oh, if South Carolina yeah. listen if if they are gonna improve the way that they that they are and this would be a big skin because you look at South Carolina on the back half of the last season much of the skepticism myself included I think <laughs> is they caught teams at the right time you caught a reeling Florida team and you basically broke them yeah. you caught them when everyone else had sort of kicked in the plywood and they just ran through it basically uh, and then you catch North Carolina at the end it seemed like they didn't really want to be there and they win that game. But at the end of the day, this is an improved South Carolina team that can win this game. If you win this, you go into Arkansas and win, especially an Arkansas team that's been validated by beating Cincinnati. I think that changes the South Carolina conversation a little bit. I think they, uh, there's a lot of, um, uh, it seems like there's a lot of Shane Beamer, uh, you know, uh, overrated uh, paper tiger skepticism. Uh, and and this would erase that if you can do that. I know. I think with coaches like him, there's always just going to be this like, ambivalence with fans of like the average viewer because if if we can't point to what you literally do 
people have a hard time with it. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's it, it's coming out of like ignorance, probably for the most part, like, you know, your quote unquote CEOs. But it's like if you don't have a clear offense or defense background, people just struggle with that. Yeah, and I think like, that's true. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think it's not accurate. But yeah, no, I mean, and this is a bigger discussion that we shouldn't have for this podcast. But I'd love to discuss with you one day, like that thing of don't answer it because it's too long. But right. like, <laughs> like you know, if you're a lower end team like a South Carolina how do you go about trying to build your program? Do you want to be a team that, you know, to this theme we have today of mangle games, you know, control it, minimize the the ranges, or do you want to be a team that just has some crazy factor, has some like, you know, and, and last year I feel like they were a bit of the mangle and this year it's a little more of like, you got Spencer Radler, at mm-hmm. least he gives you some volatility in a positive way of like, hey, you can actually go upset Arkansas. So yeah, I, I think Arkansas takes care of business, but like you I said. I kind of do too. If they, if Seth wins this, I will not be shocked. It yes. changes a lot of how we see South Carolina. But I just think Arkansas is really it's good. Like, and I think they control the lines in this game and, and win it. I'm with you. It's like, I'm sorry that I make everything a betting comp, but I think it's sometimes a good... <laughs> no, but in all seriousness... It I think tells sometimes... you a lot. Listen, Vegas, there's a reason why they have a, a, a lot of really expensive hotels and bright yes. lights, because they know what they're talking about. But I think so. it's also just a really helpful like prism to talk about sports sometimes in the sense of, would I ever take South Carolina on the spread in this game? No, but to your exact point, if I but maybe money line just get like a crazy yeah line throw and have t- some fun throw with that. throw a, yeah, a small like, amount of money on them to win because I think I that's think, how we both view it yeah yeah I would say so. By the way, we haven't talked about this team today. I wanted to give them a shout out, Brody, before Ooh, we before we get into it. Um, when is the last time? I know the answer to this, but when is the last time you think Vanderbilt has beaten a ranked team? I would say Franklin era probably. 2019, actually. They yeah, beat Missouri. Yeah. Number 22. But they'll okay, have another yeah, chance. Over number 22. Lot. You get a Wake Forest without Sam Hartman. Whoa. Talk about games. I didn't even like. I, was I know. Staring at the schedule all. I know. Oh, that's a I don't know one. what to make of this Vandy team. They were killing Elon like you should. And then they let him sneak back into the game. Listen, Mike Wright, I actually, I buy him. I buy Mike and Wright. And if you can, if you can score some points. I'm kind of this is kind of a sleepy like or sneaky kind of intriguing game that I actually think Vandy Vandy coming in and 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 listen the SEC crowing if if Vandy wins this game will be incessant will be incessant that's the good stuff that's where people like see this league's impossible you that will be a talking point for ten years yeah exactly. So um, kind of yeah. a sneaky game there. Because it's I, like, I'm not saying it gets my second screen, because don't judge me. I have a two TV setup. But it might get like the the laptop, you know, like yes. the third, if sometimes I do that. I keep That's, an eye on it. I keep yeah. an eye on it. Um, uh, but the other. Uh, wait, I just got to say, and we're not yes. going to discuss them right now. Like, I, I'm promising we're not. We just went through an hour long SEC pod and we didn't talk about the most impressive game. Of the, like Georgia just destroying a human being like. Yeah, I mean, and we're we're gonna have a ton of talking about Georgia. So, like, just for listeners, like, we're not a little like bullying to me. It really did. Just watching the game, I'm watching like Nolan Smith fly around and Smile Munden fly around, and I'm just like. Can they let Oregon go home? This feels mean. Like, it's the just, closest I've ever... The running clock joke gets abused. It's the only time like, I actually would really appreciate a running well, clock. Well, yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah. I, once they were... Once it was like 21 nothing, I kind of stopped watching, and I was just like, this is... This is not something I'm interested in viewing. This is, no, this is right? sick. I switched so <laughs> fast. Yeah, we're going to discuss them a ton this year, so I'm not going to lose sleep over ignoring that, but like, just know, uh, listeners, yeah, we're. I, I think we're both all in on Georgia now. Yeah, they're... Uh... They're pretty good, it turns out. Uh, yeah. Breaking news, Georgia, pretty good. 
Uh, that's Good help. I hope yeah. no one aggregates this podcast uh, and takes that hot take because that could we can end up with egg on our face when Georgia goes six and six this year. Yeah, that would always think. Uh, but and then I know we got to probably wrap up. But the other one that I'm like sneaky into is Missouri Kansas State. Yeah, I have literally. And you might have a better answer. I have literally no feel about what to do with Missouri this year. Like none. Normally I'm like I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of like ranges. I have none on Missouri and Kansas State's everybody's darling. I like them a lot this year. That's uh, going to be kind of a sneaky fun one. Brady Cook looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked okay. The problem with with, with Mizzou is can you stop Deuce Vaughn? If you can stop Deuce Vaughn, I don't know that Adrian Martinez is going to be able to throw you into the game. But again, stopping Deuce Vaughn is easier yeah. said than done. Uh, I think he is one B with Bijan Robinson as the best player in the Big Twelve this year. That's um, a you know if Missouri can can go into Manhattan, which is a sneaky tough place to play. I've covered my fair share of games in Manhattan. They go hard in Manhattan. That's a tough place to play. Missouri is well acquainted. Um, the the Big Twelve reunion there. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think Missouri wins that game. I, I think Kansas State. I'm I'm I was buying the Kansas State Big Twelve title sleeper. I think Kansas State flexes there, um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, Missouri can put some points up. I like what yeah. we saw from Luther Burden, oh. the way that Missouri used him. Uh, they did some really interesting things. So uh, again, we we talk about it. this is a a week where you have kind of all these like six to eight point spreads of teams. Like you know, if Tennessee wins by twenty. That tells us something. Mm-hmm. If Kentucky can go win or Florida can win convincingly, that tells us something. You, you know, Mississippi if, State, Arizona. Arizona looked like a new yes, team under Judd. Absolutely. Fish, like, yeah. Absolutely. Mississippi State will be uh, taking their taking their talents to Pac-12 after dark. Uh, I'm excited for Mike Leach's return to Pac-12 I didn't even think dark. about that. That's a great point. He was made for this. Yeah, he was born in the darkness. 11 p.m. on, on Fox Sports 1. Uh, I am ashamed to admit that that is the kind of game that I will probably – watch the entirety of i stayed up and watched oregon state boise state uh did you really set. yes i love oregon state is so much fun and also Dude, I'm, they're one of my favorite is, teams i love boise teams state that get... is kind of sad right now yeah but we'll I, but I love oregon state love watching them even i was like nope bedtime see you guys so, <laughs> the turnover you, chainsaw the turnover you, chainsaw is fantastic uh and then again this is an sc pot but i i just want to chastise again mario cristobal for getting rid of the turnover chain uh, I'm, I was actually talking to people about that this weekend. Do they? St- I'm curious if they still have because they were displaying the turnover chain in the Miami facilities, like because the, they have a new one every yeah. year. I was curious if they got rid of that, Ooh. if that's no longer part of their culture. Either way, that's one of the most fun things in college football. Uh, an- the most annoying person you know probably hates it, um, <laughs> but it's fantastic. It's fun. It's it's in my day, it's we thing. celebrated with a stern handshake and a yeah, cigarette. exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We put all these newfangled diamonds with Sebastian the Ibis glowing, twinkling everywhere. We didn't do that stuff, uh, but just a lot of chances to like. If Arkansas flexes, if South Carolina wins that game, that's impressive. You know, Vanderbilt's got an opportunity. Missouri's got opportunity. There's just a lot of uh, games this weekend where you can really realistically kind of change your narrative. If A&M just routes App State, that's impressive if you can do that. If A&M has to survive at home against App State, that presents some real problems for them if you're going to be talking about yourself as a playoff team. Because you know what playoff teams – I don't know if you've watched all these playoff teams recently, but you know what they don't do? They don't have trouble beating teams like App State at home. (laughs) I can tell you they don't do that. But if A&M wins that game, you know, and it's like 41-10, well, that's what playoff teams do. Um, I just, this is, again, people have been poo-pooing this slate. Uh, People looking forward to week two and saying, oh, 
You know, they don't have, you know, Alabama, Texas is the best game. There's nothing, you know, Tennessee Pitt might be the only ranked team. There's some really good games this weekend, and yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see. Them. People who say that are people who are telling on themselves they don't really like college football. Like, yeah, I would like say when, so. It's like when people say, like, man, basketball, you only really got to watch the last two minutes. And it's like, oh, so you're just saying you don't like basketball. That's fine. You just don't like basketball. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, pretty much. And I believe uh, on the on the uh, Bulldogs, I believe Mike Leach recruited Jaden Delora to Washington State. I believe if I'm so. Not yeah, uh, intriguing, intriguing matchup. Uh, so it should be a good week of games. Brody. Uh, Congrats on getting some rest. I believe. What time did your story from the Superdome post? Like two thirty in the morning or something. It was like one ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I felt bad for you having to write for that, but uh, I thought you did a nice job on, on that story and uh, a heck of a game to kick off the season. You might not have a you might not have a better game to cover all year. Yeah. So that was uh, fantastic. Thank you, uh, buddy. Work from yourself. Uh, it's been another week of football and grits. I did not have. A super memorable meal. I was back in Arkansas this weekend to see the Hogs, and uh, I had some family wedding and, and see some family this weekend. So that was good. Uh, but the Hogs uh, took care of business. So I did not have a, a memorable meal, unfortunately. Uh, I ate, I did eat at Hoghorns by Bomb Stadium after Arkansas's game with our Cincinnati writer Justin Williams as we uh, uh, got some fried chicken and and. Uh, Watch some of that Boise State Oregon State game. That's a great example, then. Yeah, man. But it I was mean, uh, Foghorns is is uh, a a Fayetteville staple. So I, I was glad to I've never been. I'll go this year. He uh, did they the the Cincinnati contingent by recommendation from Brandon Allen, former Arkansas quarterback turned Cincinnati Bengal, uh, yeah. sent him to Doe's Eat Place, which I'm a fan of. I know our colleague Andy Staples is a fan of. It's yeah. it's uh, uh, it's 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 solid. You probably have have you. LSU almost never plays in Fayetteville. Have you been up there before? Well, they play there, but like one time, right? I went like they, 2018 and then 2020. Mm-hmm. Just I didn't travel for that game because of, you know, reasons. So yeah, yeah, 18 was the only time I went and I didn't get to do anything that fun. I kind of just like stayed in like the, you know, the Bentonville area. I didn't actually do anything because I'm boring. So this year <laughs> I'm on a mission to go actually enjoy Fayetteville. Yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a good you town. Up. As somebody, yeah, I can give you my my full guide. Uh, yeah, as somebody who spent uh, my fair share of time there. So, well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, subscribe to the Andy Staples friend uh, and friends show feed. Got a lot of shows. Power Hour uh, with Nicole Auerbach, uh, our expert Sam Khan, uh, along with Max Olson, be talking. We have our picks show at the end of the week uh, with Andy and Ari, uh, and then of course football and grits with myself and Brody Miller will be here this week was a little weird schedule with some travel weird stuff but we should be back uh, Monday mornings you can check us out talking SEC on the Andy Staples show and friends pod network thank you for tuning in we will see you guys next week with a lot of uh, I, there's going to be a lot to talk about next week I can guarantee that somebody's I'm sure a few teams will embarrass themselves and a few teams will make us perk up and uh, we'll be here to talk about it. So we'll see you guys again next week.